Welcome to the Voices of the Elephant podcast. Each episode of Voices of the Elephant brings you an interview with a member of the PHP community. From project leaders to user group organizers, we talk to the people that are helping make the PHP community special. Hi and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Elephant. My name is Cal Evans, I'm your host, and my special guest today is none other than Mr. Rob Allen, also known as Acrobat, out there on the web. Say hi to everybody, Rob. Hey, Cal. Hi, everyone. And of course, we've got, uh, since we're doing a special series on Sunshine PHP speakers, we've got as my special co-host, Mr. Adam Culp. Say hi to everybody, Adam. Woohoo! Hello! <laughs> Adam, last uh, we we um, the last interview we did, Adam's sole interaction was to hold up the elephant. So um, that was the one with Lorna James. <laughs> oh, yeah. he's reaching for his elephant. There we go. There's Sunny. There's the Nexmo Sunny. <laughs> um, now, Rob, let's talk hmm. a little bit about um, something I know is really important to you because I've known you for quite some time. You've done an awful lot with API development. Um, what do you see? What are the new trends? What are, what's the, what's the shiny in API development? Well, APIs are good. I like APIs a lot. As you know, um, I do APIs mostly because I suck HTML, JavaScript and CSS. Sitting at the back end is clearly where I want to be. And that's where I'm good. I like this, um, API lock. And I think we're doing some quite interesting stuff with it now. Uh, I think, that with single page applications in particular, where we go in um, on the server as well with HTTP 2, upcoming HTTP 3, etc. It's quite important that we do a lot of API stuff because separating front end from back end, mobile from back end, it's just the way we are building applications today. Mm. Far less of the monolith is happening uh, in new application builds. API stuff as a result is moving forwards. RESTful APIs are still really common because they solve particular requirements, particularly around longevity of your API, maintenance of your API, issues like that. Uh, very, very good to be using those known standards and that known way of working. But then we also have newer stuff. You know, GraphQL, of course, is the uh, current new kid on the block, which is solving a slightly different problem in a quite an interesting way. It's particularly good for mobile applications or web front ends where you control that end as well because you're beginning to move a little bit of your business logic into the client in order to optimize your network layer. Hmm. Um, that's great as long as you control both ends. I think it is maybe less good for long-lived third-party APIs. But of course, it's a little bit too new at the moment. We don't really know. And it'll be interesting to see how many GraphQL APIs that are being used in a public space, how they are in sort of five years' time or so. Yeah. Well, well, well I, I remember when um, when REST was the new kid on the block and the new shiny, and uh, REST came upon us so quickly, it, it almost became a religion there. We used to refer to um, those who that were very strict about it as Restafarians, you know, and they, they, mm. it was rest or nothing. And then a lot of it became, well, let's, it, we're, we're restish and we're rest like, you know, we, we do rest, but we do a little bit like this. So I'm actually kind of glad that rest is settling in now, but it, it never hurts to have um, something new out there. And I'm glad that 
I'm glad to hear you say that GraphQL solves a, a slightly different problem um, because I always kind of wondered where it fit into the mix. Well, it's like everything's new. We don't reinvent the wheel exactly the same way each time because that would be boring. And we only invent a new wheel when we've got a problem we want to solve and perceive the current wheels as not solving them very well or yeah. not in the way we would do it, if you like. Um, obviously, Facebook had a number of unique challenges and presumably still do given their size and scale. And GraphQL has clearly come out of that in the same way React has come out of that. that their requirements were such that this would be a good solution for them. And it turns out that they're not the only ones who have those sort of problems. Mm. So you've seen it being adopted as a result. Uh, React being the obvious one, even though I don't do JavaScript stuff, I'm a little bit aware of what happens on the front end, mostly by hearing the buzzwords. I suppose to try it myself. Hey, um, speaking of um, inventing wheels, you've invented one of my favorite ones, or at least you work on one of my favorite ones, um, the Slim framework. Talk yes. to us a little bit about you know, what's the state of Slim? Okay, Slim is wonderful. I would love to take credit for actually writing it, but we have to give that to Josh, uh, Josh Lockhart. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's more famous now for PHP the right way, which if you're a PHP developer, you should be checking back at at least once every six months. Oh, heck, you should have that marked and refer to it on a regular basis. Yes, definitely. Slim itself is a really, really good micro framework for getting up and running quickly. Obviously, I use it for APIs, but it can be used for full websites as well. We're currently on Slim version 3, which is two and a half-ish years old now, I suppose, something like that. Mm. And the big change for Slim 3 was PSR 7 support. And what we call PSR 7 middleware now, the middleware pipeline using request response next as its signature. And Slim 3 has also got good DI support. It, it allowed and has embraced more third-party components uh, compared to Slim 2, for instance, which was far more everything in-house. Mm. Slim Floor is in development. Uh, obviously, about a week after we released Slim 3, we noticed things that we could have improved upon. And you can't break BC. Oh, you can, but I'm one of those people that intensely dislikes breaking BC. Yeah. So, and the things we found fairly early were not egregious enough to require you know, throwing away and starting very quickly. But there were a number of things we saw that we could have done better. And we knew the FIG was getting interested in middleware, so that looked like a good target to be thinking about. So we, helped, we were holding off for that. Now um, FIG has done this, so we've got the container one as well has come through, which I think is PSR 11. We've got the middle one, which middleware one, which is PSR 15, which describes the um, function signature for how to write interoperable middleware. And we've got PSR 17, which is the um, PSR 7 factories, how to create a PSR 7 factory. So with Slim 4, we want to take advantage of all these new things that are happening and sort of bring it up to date and more inter interoperable with the world. Hmm. Big things being the new middleware pipeline, and what happened fairly recently, one of our contributors called Pierre has been working really, really hard on extracting the uniqueness of Slim's PSR7 implementation and making it usable with everyone else's PSR7 implementation. Oh, nice. I think it's really quite cool. So Slim's PHP, uh, PSR7 implementation is called Slim HTTP. It's now a set of decorators that can live on top of any other PSR implementation. 
because we've had a number of people using Guzzle and wanted to use Guzzle all the way through their application and not have to swap into Slim's PSR implementation yeah. just for the Slim bit and then back into Guzzle's for doing that bit of it. Other people using the Atras from the Zen Framework people, again, if you're using that, you might want some of our features because we think they're quite helpful. And that's now possible, which means that Slim 4 will be completely PSR 4 as PSR 7 independent. Um, to the point where the raw, the core of um, Slim 4 won't include it in its composer. Mm. You'll have to pick your own PSR 7 implementation. Obviously, we will ship a, a skeleton that has our opinions, but you won't have to use it. Um, so I think Slim 4 is going to be quite a good and, and exciting release. Well, as a Slim 3 user and, um, and, and believer, I'm loving what you're saying because, yes, I had the guzzle problem um, because, you know, you, you want to use guzzle for, for all of that. But the it, 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 it was just clunky. It didn't, yes. it didn't quite work in, in Slim 3 the way – I expected it to, so I'm very excited to um, to see that and uh, hopefully um, build a new project in Slim 4 as soon as it is stable enough to start working with. Yeah, think about that next year. Okay. So. Well, excellent. Hey, um, let's pause here. I want to um, talk real quick about two things. Number one, um, I run a virtual conference. You've been a guest on my conference before uh, called Day Camp mm, for Developers. Have. If you can't make it to one of the great conferences we've got worldwide for the PHP community, Day Camp for Developers is an online conference. You can uh, bring your entire team. We only cover advanced topics uh, or advanced, we only have advanced sessions for our topics. So it's, it's a great deep dive for your senior developers. Um, and, but you can bring the entire team and they can they can help the juniors understand right there in, in the same room. So it's a great time for everybody. If you want more information about Daycamp for Developers, please visit daycamp4developer.com and we've got an event coming up in January. And speaking of events, the reason that we're talking to you here, the reason Adam's sitting there very quietly is we've got Sunshine PHP coming up in February. Adam, um, I, I'm sorry, February, what's the date? So it's, it's February 7th to the 9th. Uh, the 7th is tutorials and the 8th and 9th are the, the regular sessions. Okay. Now, um, since I got you on the, the big screen, what is the one thing that you're excited about this year for Sunshine? Um, well, of course, I'm always excited about elephants. And uh, <laughs> Nexmo was kind enough to sponsor this uh, Sunny the Elephant for, for this event. So uh, you want to make sure to come out and, and claim, claim Sunny for yourself. I'm, I'm excited about a lot of things. I mean, Miami is going to be amazing this year. We've got a lot of new things. Some things I'm not ready to announce quite yet. But just know that we've got some really cool stuff planned. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. That's excellent. The one thing I always love about um, Sunshine is your attention to the swag. Um, it's never just, um, I, I never come away with a stress ball or anything like that. Last year, it was a wonderful um, water bottle that uh, we, Kathy and I still use those. The year before was the coffee mug. Uh, yeah. You still use those. And I'm glad that um, you're back with the elephant again, another run of the sunnies this year. So. Yeah, that's one of the things I've always, I always put a little bit of attention to detail in the swag. It's like, I want to make sure it's going to be usable. I want to make sure people are going to be able to, to, to have it with them, not just sit in the closet somewhere and not use. And uh, so, yeah, we've done that with uh, coffee travel mugs. We've done that with water bottles, yeah. of course, sunny and everything else. So a couple yeah, of years I really ago, enjoy that. 
couple years ago, you had Rebecca Simonson do a t-shirt and yeah. I don't know how, but I ended up with two of those and it's still <laughs> my favorite. I mean, I don't, Normally, when I go to a conference, I, I, I won't take the T-shirts because I'm not going to wear them. I wear, I wear dive T-shirts most of the time. The, the Sunshine PHP and the PHP Detroit are the only ones that have actually made it into my permanent collection. So you did good there. I love those. Yeah. Okay, Rob, speaking mm. of Sunshine, you're speaking yeah. on serverless PHP at Sunshine this year. Tell us a little bit. Give, give us a little taste of what your talk is going to be about. I am. Um, in fact, the whole Sunshine, P Sunshine PHP speaker lineup is amazing this year. And really? I'm completely biased because I want it. Wow, that's a good line look at lineup of speakers. I'm really looking forward to it. Serverless PHP is exciting. Serverless is exciting. It started with Amazon Lambda late 2014, was when they announced it in their reInvent. So practically nobody did anything with it until 2015. So it's what, two and a half years old or so again? Not very old at all, and we're doing lots of interesting things there. You're like me, old enough to remember when we used to have to timeshare computers. And in some ways, serverless goes back to this, in particularly in its value model. The, I came across this uh, definition from a guy called Paul Johnson, that serverless is when you do not pay for idle. You only pay when your software, your application, is actually doing something. I can't think of a better way to run an application today than not be paying for when nothing's happening. I think it's awesome a value proposition. Yeah. So serverless is really interesting, if just for the business side of things, the being able to build a business and not pay if you're not using your if nobody's using your code, you're not paying for it. How can that be a bad so thing? The the basic so business model is you pay um what I've heard serverless is called is um function based you, 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 you each one is like a function and you only pay when that function gets called conceptually yes okay there's a bit more ecosystem around it that but at the core of it we have a set of functions from a technical point of view they run in a docker container so okay. when the when you need your function to be run the provider sticks your function into a docker container and runs it and then it's it's sitting there being packed charged for when you stop needing your function, they kick it out, put another function into a Docker container and run that one. Well, now, so that's how, can they do that fast enough to um, keep up with the average uh, web application? Funny you should say that. Yes. <laughs> um, it's almost like we practice this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Completely ad hoc. Uh, there is something called the cold start time, which is the time to start with Docker container. I'm seeing around 100 milliseconds or so for that. Wow. It's not a problem in any application I care about. Okay. It is a problem for some applications. If you are writing a real-time stock application, for instance, mm -hmm. stock trading application, that might be an issue for you. Um, there are loads of other constraints around serverless functions as well, which we don't need to get into, but it is not for every application, but it is for an awful lot of applications. It works really, really well for APIs, so hence you can see my interest. Yeah. <laughs> and it all started with JavaScript. Now, you might remember earlier in this conversation, I mentioned my skill set around JavaScript and my abilities around JavaScript. They're maybe not as good as they could be. Mm. Not a language I've got a lot of experience in or abilities in. And I've got quite a lot of experience in PHP. I've been doing it for a while now. And there's an awful lot of PHP developers out there. Yeah. There is an awful lot of people. And they should all be in this 
serverless world. They should have the opportunity to take their PHP code and run it in this environment. Apache have got an open source serverless environment, OpenWhisk. Hmm. Very, very nice. It's, it's an incubating project at the moment, going towards graduation and all that. Um, the whole Apache Foundation incubation, graduation is all around processes, not around quality of the code. So the code is really, really stable. The processes to be a long-lived Apache Foundation project are growing. But it's open source. When it's open source, you can look at the code, you can contribute to the code. And hey, they don't have a PHP runtime. They do now. Because someone well, now, can contribute. I contribute PHP. You 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 work in you work with um, OpenWhisk, but um, do I need to spin up a um, a, a DigitalOcean droplet and load OpenWhisk on there so that I can do serverless? Because that sounds an awful lot like servers to me, and a lot like hard work. And yeah, lots hard work. <laughs> no, you don't have to. So clearly, an open source serverless application, uh, serverless platform like OpenWhisk. There's another one called um, OpenFaz. There's another one called FN. They all can be run on your own hardware and your own prem. Mm -hmm. And you see lots of very large companies doing that. The rest of us don't want to do that. So the rest of us are going to use a public provider. And OpenWhisk is currently supported by IBM on their system. Um, I think they call it IBM Cloud Functions. Yeah. Red Hat have it running in their system, which is, they, theirs is OpenShift, I think. It runs on OpenShift, I think that's what they call it over in their environment. Um, Adobe run OpenWhisk. However, Adobe is slightly different because Adobe run it for use with their Creative Cloud system. So if you've got Photoshop files or Illustrator files, you can put your own code into Adobe's cloud and run events based on when you save your Photoshop file. And it oh. will run in OpenWhisk and modify and operate on your assets in the cloud. And that's all OpenWhisk as well, which is a really cool application. That, that really sounds us, neat. The likes of us, IBM is clearly one of the easiest ones to go for. They have a massively big free tier, so you can play around with it without having to pay any money. I like this a lot. And when your application grows, you then have to start paying the money. But because you only pay when your application is being used, assuming you've got any sort of sensible business model, you're getting paid when you have to pay IBM yeah. or Amazon Lambda or whatever which one you're using. They're all the same. But yeah, if you want to run PHP in serverless today, then you can drop it onto IBM's cloud system and it will work just fine. PHP 7.2 is the current one. That is phenomenal. Well, I'll save a little bit of the, the, the knowledge that you're going to drop for those who will actually be at Sunshine. Um, I know I will, and I'll be sitting um, in your session learning this because this is, this is all new to me and this is, it sounds fascinating. Hey, I want to thank you and Adam for taking the time to be with us here on Voices of the Elephant. I know y'all are both busy and appreciate you um, taking a slice of your day and spending some time with me and all of our listeners. And for everybody listening, we'll see you right here next episode on Voices of the Elephant. Thanks for listening to Voices of the Elephant. Voices of the Elephant is copyright EICC Incorporated and released under a Creative Commons attribution, no derivatives, share and share alike license. To nominate someone to be a guest on Voices of the Elephant, visit our website and click on the nominate link. The URL is voicesoftheelephant.com. Elephant is of course spelled E-L-E-P-H-P-A-N-T.